0: Support for this episode of The Seams comes from Feel Good Yarn Company, a Martha Stewart American-Made finalist and the creator of Silverspun, an American-made cotton yarn spun with pure silver. Silverspun, the strength of cotton, the feel of cashmere, the healing properties of silver. Learn more at feelgoodyarncompany.com.
1: I'm Jackie Lydon, and this is The Seams. Our motto is, clothing is our common thread, in every stitch, a story. In our brief podcast life, not too many episodes have focused on just one single theme, but today's going to be different. We're going to talk about disability and fashion. We're celebrating the 25-year anniversary of the Americans with Disabilities Act, which got signed into law on the 26th of July in 1990. At least 56 million people in the U.S. live with a permanent disability. That's according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. And since the ADA was signed, disabled people have had way better access in things like sports, the workplace, housing, transportation. But one area that hasn't kept pace is the fashion business. Now, young fashion students and aspiring designers, they're pushing the industry. And Lucy Jones from Wales is a prime example of that. The seams first saw her work in New York. We'd been invited to the Parsons School of Design Fashion Showcase, their graduate collections, and they put up these stunning pictures of Lucy Jones' work. It was called Seated Design. The whole collection was specifically for people who use wheelchairs. And it all started with her cousin Jake, back in the UK, who's partially paralyzed on one side.
2: I found it odd that i had never once talked to him about his disability, but I asked him how he did up a pair of trousers, and he said, well, you know, my mother dresses me, and I just found that really kind of odd at the time because Jake is really independent. He can do most things in his days, and to think that he couldn't manage a pair of trousers independently was kind of a shock to me, and I realised that that almost was a flaw in the fashion system and I needed to be... You know, I really wanted to design for that. So I asked him what would it mean to him if I could design a pair of trousers that he could do up with one hand. And he told me it would be the next step up from not having a disability. And I think it was that moment I really realized what fashion was and what it can be.
1: So Lucy dove in. She interviewed wheelchair users with cerebral palsy. She experimented with prototypes on her own body. She worked with a model that she herself would dress and present her ideas to.
2: Because a seated body has different measurements to a standing body, you know, due to, like, waist measurements and the fact our buttocks expand when we sit down, our kneecap bends in a different place to when we're standing. So there are a lot of alterations that need to be implemented into the design process.
1: She came up with alterations, like extra fabric that bends at the elbow and the shoulder, and she made it more comfortable for someone who propels themselves in a wheelchair Over at another New York design school, the Fashion Institute of Technology, graduating seniors also worked on a disability project. They collaborated with patients at New York's VA Harbor Healthcare System, like Air Force veteran and fit model Anna Smith. She is a 58-year-old lady who loves to look good.
3: I have a Ninja Turtle back brace. It's big and plastic, okay? The most clothing, I have to get clothing two, three sizes larger in order to accommodate the back brace, which really sucks, okay? You don't want to wear your grandmother's elastic waist clothing. It, it, you want to look nice.
1: I met her in a conference room at the, at the, the VA, VA Harbor Healthcare System on East 23rd Street. Well. And she looked absolutely great. She had on a navy blue linen top over jeans, these orange jewelry accents, giant gold hoop earrings, a curly blonde wig. She was pretty cool. We bonded over clothes. <laughs> so I happen to know you're a lady who likes her clothes.
3: And you got the birdcage earrings okay, and, a ma- and sterling silver with a matching bracelet okay it's outstanding okay and the fashion police won't lock you up either <laughs> however
1: when she first saw the garment her student designer had in mind she was a lot less than thrilled
3: when she came in her vision was some kind of batman cape and i'm looking at her like you got to be kidding me are you serious a <laughs> uh, poncho really what we going to hang it over the outside of the chair Oh, so now I look like a, <laughs> a rolling umbrella. No, I don't think so.
1: Not to be fair, Anna and her student designer were just getting started. Erica Morales was that designer. She was a senior last year at FIT, and she's the one who got teamed up with Anna Smith.
0: I had a cape that I wanted to do, and I wanted to make it really long just to keep their legs warm. And she was like, well, that's not going to work because when you go to the bathroom, what's going to happen to all that room? And then also, I didn't think about the bunching in the back. I had a shirt that I wanted to do with a kangaroo pocket in the front, and she was just like, absolutely not. Because, you know, we think about their disabilities and we think that it's difficult for them to get dressed, but at the end of the day, they want to look normal. They don't want to look like if they have a disability.
1: Okay, so no kangaroo pockets for Anna. This is Anna Smith we're talking about. She wants to look better than everyone else. And what she got from America Morales fits the bill. A really beautiful jacket, like a folded scrap of origami, and a matching pair of pants.
3: We went from poncho to a rise in the front, lower in the back, a little more A-lined, the long sleeves. I can show you the garment oh, yeah. and it has magnet buttons, so it's easy fly away. It has a hood, it's coated with Teflon and it's waterproof.
1: Is is this the garment? Let's take a look yes, at we'll
3: it. I show you the garment. Wow, isn't
1: this pretty? Isn't so, this is a jacket. It's a
3: jacket. Is this hot or what? Oh, it's really cool. Okay.
1: So we are looking here at um just as you said, a navy blue, very um beautifully cut loose jacket with a hood.
3: And it gives mm-hmm. you the impression that it's blue with black lace over the top, but not like your your French lace, but like a lacy material like a like a fish netting. Yeah. And it looks really and it's it's been treated with the silicone.
1: Yeah. It's it's interesting because
3: the magnets to close it.
1: Oh wow! Because okay. it almost looks like it could be an outdoor garment, but you could bring it inside too. Exactly,
3: and if you can dress it up and gold it out, okay, you can sport it up. There's a lot of things you can do with it, and it, and you can go to any place, day or evening, and you will look just fine.
1: The FIT students are part of the school's technical design program, and they called their line of clothing options for everyone. I like that title. It could revolutionize the way we all dress. Anna Smith has an almost
3: devotional feeling about it. This is something that can be serviceable for the military, for the general population. It doesn't just stop here. I feel blessed to be a part of something. I know it's divine design. Evidently, even the accident and all that I've gone through is for a greater purpose. It's like being a drop in the water, that without all the drops, there wouldn't be any ocean. I've got a
1: personal connection to this story. In 2003, when my mother was 73, she was suddenly dragging her feet. She couldn't walk anymore. She couldn't dance with her favorite square dance group, the Heartland Hoedowners. She felt heavy and she felt tired. It turned out that she had something called normal pressure hydrocephalus. She had a brain operation that saved her life, but this new term entered our lives, ADL, and that stands for Assisted Daily Living Requirements. I remember writing in my journal back then, when did pants legs become like wormholes to eternity? You see, if you stuff someone's kind of heavy arms or legs into a sleeve or a jacket, well, okay, that's no big thing when you do that once in a while. But do it three or four times a day. Once I did it seven times in a day. Now do it for the rest of that person's life. My mother is a whole lot better. We still struggle with the buttons and all the fitted stuff. My sister and I sometimes disagree. sister wants to put her in kind of baggy outfits because that's really easy for her to help mom but I say my mother deserves to have fitted stuff with zippers and buttons of course that means we have to help her the frustrations my mother feels are shared by someone else that I met for this story Liz Jackson her story begins three years ago I woke up three years ago today
0: and I, I fell out of bed There had been a couple of weeks leading up to it where something odd was clearly taking place. I was very clumsy. And I went into the hospital and and when I left, I had eyeglasses
1: and a cane. Liz Jackson is 33 years old. She's a slender tomboy with this Jimmy Neutron poof to her hair. But she has a diagnosis, idiopathic neuropathy. And what that is, is an autoimmune disorder that weakens the nerves in her arms and legs and can make it really difficult to walk. So she had to quit her job as an assistant on the Ellen DeGeneres show, but there's a lot more to her story than that. I asked her, how did it change your life? Um,
0: it, it, it. in every way, and it's such a
1: hard question to answer. I, and it's a big question, and yeah. I apologize for the largeness of it. And yet, we wouldn't be standing here today if it hadn't.
0: Yeah, I've been reading a lot about this concept called post-traumatic growth. And what happens is, is you're going along your life and you're sort of at a certain level. Something traumatic happens. You just plummet um, emotionally, physically. And um, in, in some people, they find purpose in the trauma And what that does is it actually allows them emotionally to raise up higher than where they were before. And I actually have a deep and profound amount of of purpose in my life um, through a blog that I write. I I started writing about a year, year and a half after um, I first got sick, and and it's been the greatest gift of my life.
1: And the blog is called? The Girl with the Purple Cane. And indeed, uh, you are standing here uh, with this wooden-handled purple cane, which... Quite frankly, if you didn't make a study of it, uh, we just might, you know, think you were being a dandy. <laughs> <laughs> I do. When I'm standing
0: in front of you, I look absolutely able-bodied. It'll look a little bit different when we're walking, um, and the cane is is quite incredible. It's made by a company called SABI. Um, it, the the stem of it is made out of a piece of bicycle. Um, the handle is made out of a skateboard, and the tip is made out of hiking boot. It's light, aerodynamic, and it's, um, it's my sidekick.
1: And that sidekick. It's become her cause. One day, she was at J. Crew, her absolute favorite store.
0: In J. Crew, I I was walking with my cane, and there was a a row of T-shirts, and, and it, it was springtime, so there was Kelly green, and there was um, reds, and and like this bright peachy orange, and, and I was looking at my cane, and I realized the purple of my cane looked like it would fit perfectly with. That row of T-shirts, and I was looking at the row of T-shirts, and I was thinking, wouldn't it be amazing if I had a Kelly green cane, or, or there's this, this orange that really stands out to me. Um, and then I was looking around, and I saw that they had eyeglass frames, and it, it struck me as so odd. You purchase eyeglass frames at a mainstream retailer, you take them to your optometrist to get them filled, and then you can wear them. Whereas with a cane, you don't have to take it to a doctor yet. That's not the thing that they're carrying, and so. I decided I wanted them to carry my cane. I, I thought it would be a good fit.
1: For two years now, Liz Jackson has lobbied J. Crew to carry this cane, all the while asking questions about the purpose of mainstream clothing. But the cane is the main thing. J. Crew responded. They talked, they called, and then J. Crew just stopped calling. So I called J. Crew because at that point we were doing a story for NPR and the spokesperson very politely but very firmly said that while they have the highest respect for Liz Jackson and what she's doing, they're busy concentrating on their core business and they're not going to be offering canes. Now, J. Crew has had financial trouble in recent years. It's pretty well known. They've laid off almost 200 people at corporate headquarters in New York. They've replaced their lead designer. Sales are down. None of this consoled Liz, though, because despite all these financial issues, you know what she really wanted? She just wanted to hear it from them directly.
0: I feel like at any point they could have reached out to me and said, no, we don't think this is going to work for us, but we believe in your idea and we want to work with you. We want to find a brand that is trying to achieve greater inclusion. They've never even done so much as that. I I sort of feel like I went to the cool kids and said hey cool kids here's an idea let's change the world and they did what stereotypically cool kids do and they turned their backs on me and i just it's heartbreaking
1: there are other retailers other brands would you be open to working with someone else if they came to you
0: it it's interesting so when i look at disability i look at it through two lenses i look at it through the the lens of sport and the lens of fashion. And I see in sport, you have the top athletes in the world. You have LeBron James, you have Russell Wilson, you have the top companies, you have Gatorade, you have Nike saying, let's find creative ways to include everybody. And then you go and you look at the fashion industry and there's a disconnect. There is no desire to think creatively about these people that are feeling left out. And there's nothing I can do to say, please, include me. Make me feel wanted. Make me feel like I am somebody that you are catering your products to. I, I can't figure out what the disconnect is.
1: And while maybe she didn't triumph in her campaign at J. Crew. Everything that Liz Jackson learned about this process really fuels her. She'll keep praising the fashion industry when it gets it right and pushing it when it's not inclusive and gets it wrong. And getting mass retailers to take her call and maybe try out one of her ideas, just give it a spin, maybe next time the answer will be yes. In our segment, Who I Am and What I Wear, The Seams takes a look at just that, who we are, what we wear, and why we wear it. I've known Judy Mayotte since I was 21 years old. Judy's from Kansas. She's 79 now, a former nun. Here's a fun fact. Her religious name was Sister Mary Vivia, and she really is vivacious. She's had so many lives. She's a former Emmy Award-winning TV producer, a corporate wife, an expert on refugees. She wrote a book on the topic. She was an advisor to the late Nelson Mandela and currently is one to Archbishop Desmond Tutu, who she just got back from visiting in South Africa. Her story begins in Sudan, when an
4: airdrop of food went bad. I was in my upper 50s. Let's see, it was 1993. And I had been at dozens and dozens of food drops before. And the bags of food are about... 150 or 200 pounds or so, and the planes dropped them on a large drop site, probably about you know as large as three football fields. One day, the World Food Program on the ground had given the go-ahead for the plane to drop the bags of grain and the plane went totally off course, nowhere near the drop site, and those of us on the ground started running for our lives while World Food Program said abort, abort, and of course they didn't abort. One of those 150 or 200 pound bags of grain flying down at 120 miles an hour knocked my right leg to smithereens. But they got me to a tool shed at Locachokio, which is the base camp for the humanitarian organizations, and uh, some ICRC doctors came into the tool shed and set up a mini operating theater and stabilized me and then brought another C-130 in that was filled with the same kind of bags of food that had just hit me, flew me down to Nairobi, and the Nairobi doctor saved my upper leg, but they could not save my lower leg, and so it was amputated. I never wear heels anymore, I always wear flats, but I can wear dressy flats, or dressy sandals, uh, whatever the case may be. Or a dressy sandal, you might say, instead of sandals. I also have, at different times, given the right shoe away so that somebody who has a right foot with my shoe size can wear that if they don't have the left foot. So I keep the left foot and give the right foot away. It's wonderful when you pack and travel because you only have to take one. And when you buy a pair of socks, one wears out and then you still have the other brand new one. So, you know, you really kind of have uh, uh, two for one in a, in a certain sense. The simplicity of dress, particularly for religious sisters, I mean, that, that's what you really go for. But the personality of the person also comes out. And some are people who just have a zest for clothes and a zest for color and a zest for wearing and others of us like me you know can just wear a regular old t-shirt and a pair of pants so most of them feel i think now that they just want to be a part of the flow and that the personality of the person is important as well which is different in religious life today because it used to be lose yourself rather than kind of be yourself
1: Judy Mayotte is a frequent speaker and traveler, and she lives in Washington, D.C. That's it for this episode of The Seams. It was produced by Elaine Heinzman Our editor is Cindy Carpia. Our intern is Georgie Goldstein, and our web designer is Jess D'Amico. We also had help from Dory Hightower. Our theme song is Fortune Cookie. It's from the album, The Further Adventures of Low Straight Jackets, used with permission from the band, Low Straight Jackets. The seams is sponsored by Feel Good Yarn Company, and you can check them out at feelgoodyarncompany.com. To see photos from the stories featured in this episode, Go to theseams.org or look for us on Instagram, Pinterest, Facebook. Our Twitter handle is atseamspodcast. If you like what you hear on The Seams, please rate our podcast on iTunes and write a review. That would really be great. Next time on The Seams, Filipina designer, Patisse Tesoro. She's the Calvin Klein of pineapple cloth. Yeah, pineapple cloth.
3: Filipinos like to get born in it. They will be married in it. And they will be buried in it. That's where people look at you. Yeah, that's
1: right. I'm Jackie Leiden, your head seamstress. Thanks for listening.